welcome to the Pandemic Puppy Podcast, brought to you by Journey Dog Training and the Pandemic Puppy Raising Support Facebook group. I'm your host, Kayla Fratt, and I'm so excited to be here with you. We're going to cover puppy raising right from the start on this podcast, and although I'm a professional dog trainer, this is actually going to be my first time raising a puppy as well. So I'm right in the trenches with you guys on the good, the bad, the cute, and the stinky. We are starting right from the very beginning today with Becca Hints to talk about deciding whether or not you're even ready to bring home a puppy. So, Rebecca has competed at world shows and throughout Europe with her Parson Russell Terrier, Vixen. After a vicious attack by two large breed dogs, Vixen developed fear and anxiety that presented as reactive behavior. Becca fell in love with helping dogs like Vixen and donates behavior work to her local open intake shelter, SPCA, and several rescues. She's once again active in the show world with her 12-year-old daughter and enjoys the wonderful training adventure with a new Russell Terrier in the house, although her rescue mastiff is never one to sit out a training session. Becca was disabled at 25 in a car accident and has a passion for helping those with disabilities. She is an ADA advocate and trains a limited number of service dogs with their owners. Pet dog training began when Becca retired from competing with her first pregnancy. She loves working with families to help create relationship-focused partnerships between dogs and their owners. Parrots, horses, cats, and reptiles have all been part of Becca's rescue and training life. Studio work is also a joy, and she works with multiple species on set. Future plans include the continuing membership in her Karen Pryor Academy with a strong pursuit of continued education to help fulfill both her KPA CTP certification requirements and her passion for knowledge to help the dogs and other species she loves to train. Becca is also a member of the IABC, is a CGC evaluator, and is a member of her local kennel club where she teaches confirmation. She also co-hosts the podcast, How Do You Train That? And Becca lives with her husband, son, daughter, two dogs, two indoor cats, and several barn feral cats, a ball python, and a parakeet. It is just never quiet at your home. No. <laughs> um, so you have so much knowledge that I'm so excited to share with everyone. Um, Becca and I are part of the admin team over at the Pandemic Puppy Raising Support Facebook group. Um, so be sure to request to join and get even more free assistance from amazing trainers like the two of us. So, Becca, we're talking about whether or not someone is ready for a puppy. What are some of the first things if, you know, say your cousin messages you on Facebook and says, I'm thinking about getting a puppy. What are the first kind of things that either you actually ask them or just kind of start churning through your head when someone says that? I really want to know what does their lifestyle look like? Because along with getting a puppy comes a lot of responsibility and I think a lot of times we forget how time intensive it really is. It's kind of like having babies. All of the poop and spit up and sleepless nights fade away as we raise our children. And that happens with puppies too. We end up with adult dogs. Mm -hmm. 12 years later, it's time to get a puppy again. And we forgot how hard it was. So I really like to sit down and just sit down and have a lifestyle assessment conversation and figure out, you know, is there time for a puppy? Is somebody going to mm -hmm. be during the day? Who wants to get up at night? Because puppy's going to want to go to bathroom at night. And who mm -hmm. wants to take responsibility for cleaning up the messes? Because there will be messes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, is there anything else that, you know, so we've got, we've got time. I think that's always one of the big ones. And, you know, this is the Pandemic Puppy Podcast. So mm -hmm. in theory, many of the households listening are going to have at least someone who's stuck at home. Um, they might still be working, but at least they're home. Um, it is a lot easier to step away from a Zoom call and take care of a puppy than it is to step away from a meeting across town. Um, it is, but that but, brings in a whole new challenge that I'm yeah. seeing with some of my clients, which is 
I don't know what to do. I'm in the middle of my Zoom meeting with, you know, six corporate heads and there's a puppy crying in the background because how is it that my, you know, eight week old puppy isn't crate trained? Well, it takes more time than that. And so there's Mm -hmm. a lot to factor in when you sit down and you look at your lifestyle, you know, you have to select the right breed for your lifestyle. And that's just a whole nother Mm -hmm. conversation. But yeah. Do you have somebody that's going to be available six to eight times a day to take the puppy, play with the puppy, take it to the bathroom, provide food three or four times a day, and really spend quality time with that puppy? And you can't count on crate training, working to to babysit the puppy for you for at least a couple Mm -hmm. of months. It takes time to teach a a puppy how to self-entertain and Mm -hmm. that... The routine, you know, when we have kids, we go through these routines and it's the same with puppies. They wake up, they eat, they go to bathroom, they play, they run, they get a drink, they go to bathroom. And then if you're lucky, they sleep. If you're not lucky, they get overtired and they have some behavior challenges, which are really, really natural. But those Mm -hmm. natural behavior challenges don't work during a Zoom corporate meeting. Right. So... I I often think you almost, if you're going to work from home, you still really need somebody else who's going to take care of the puppy during the day. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, there's so much variability as well (laughs) in kind of the puppy's personality when they come home and you can control that to some degree as you're picking the puppy, which we're going to talk about in upcoming episodes, but mm-hmm. you also kind of can't. And like, they're going to be, they're going to have times when they're teething and they're going to have times when they're going through changes and it, it's just going to keep changing. You know, I know when I've been looking for, for this puppy that I'm hopefully bringing home in two weeks, um, you know, I was looking at breeders that started crate training when the puppies are six weeks old and started potty training when the puppies are three weeks old and all of these sorts of things. But that doesn't mean that when I take the puppy away from his siblings and his mom mm-hmm. for the first time in his life, that that crate training is going to stick. Um, you know, it'll be the first time he's not crated in a stack of crates with all of his siblings right nearby. It'll be the first time he's crated in a different place. Um, so even when you're looking at breeders that do everything they possibly can to set you up for success that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to transfer it and a lot I, I know I from my experience looking at my clientele the vast majority of them are not able to get a puppy from a place like this whether because they don't know it exists or because they can't get approved or you know they just wanted a puppy sooner whatever it is exactly and I think that we just sometimes there's a lot of factors that go into having a puppy and you know the very first thing for me is always, is your lifestyle conducive to getting a puppy right now? Do you have the time? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be home? Have you taken the time to get some knowledge? So you're selecting a puppy from the right place and really important. Have you taken the time to find resources for how to care for the puppy? And that's one Mm -hmm. of the places pandemic puppy support group comes in because all of the information is there for you and it's free to people, which that's new. That's never been available before in my experience. And so Mm -hmm you have to put the homework in first. And so often puppies, I mean, they're adorable. I've trained dogs for almost 40 years. I still see a puppy just melt. You know, it's just like, give me the puppy. (laughs) I want to hold the puppy. But that causes a lot of us to take them home impulsively. And so Mm -hmm. there's things we have to really think about. Where in our house can we set up a great place for the puppy to live during their developmental stages where they're going to be chewing on your furniture. 
you know, when I get phone calls, my great grandmother's antique chest and the puppy chewed on it. Well, I thought you had an X pen. We discussed that. And I'll hear, you know, it didn't look good in my living room. Um, it's temporary. Yeah. It's temporary. You're going to live with crates. You're going to live with X pens. And oftentimes you need two crates, one for downstairs in the family room. So the puppy has their X pen and their crate set up right in the middle of mm-hmm. the whole family, but you need one upstairs where you sleep, unless you want to sleep downstairs for a few weeks, because our puppies need to acclimate to our homes. And a lot of times yeah. that means we need to be with them if you want them to have the best acclimation period possible. Mm-hmm. That costs money. And yeah. so you really have to factor in, are you going to spend six to eight months before you get a puppy checking out the wanted ads and gathering all the materials you need? Or do you have the finances to just go buy it all new? But you have mm-hmm. to think about it. And then there's vet bills. And, yeah. you know, it's really important when selecting a breed to look at ongoing cost of, uh, associated with owning that breed. Some breeds are, by nature, more expensive to own due to health challenges. So you have to really factor that in as well. So I'm always looking for, did you do a lifestyle assessment to find the time? And now let's check into finances. And then mm-hmm. for a lot of families, I'll get a young family that says, you know, gosh, we want a puppy so bad because we're having a baby in three months. And my response yeah. is, are you crazy? <laughs> because yeah. that's incredibly hard. And, yeah. you know, to bring in this puppy that needs full-time care and attention when quite honestly, mom-to-be needs full-time care and attention. And that new baby is going to be coming along needing tons of attention and time right Mm -hmm. when your puppy is about five months old, entering their teenage phase. And about to hit adolescence, yeah. And anybody who's raised a teenager knows where the conversation's going, right? Yeah. So Yeah, I think that's one of the things I often... Oh, I've got two things. I'm one I'm going to hit right now, and then we'll circle back to another. But I think a lot of times people kind of forget about you know, like two or three months after getting their puppy, they're hitting adolescence. So while it might be nice to time a puppy to bring home, you know, at the beginning of summer break, when the kids are going to be home from school or, you know, whatever, I mean, again, kind of pre-pandemic times, but you could, you could game through good times to bring home a puppy. And, you know, while the little neonate puppies that we bring home that are like seven to 10 weeks old, they're just baby baby babies need a lot of work adolescents and teenagers do too and i think a lot of times we kind of forget that a year after getting the puppy the puppy is almost as much work it's just a different type of work you know it might not be cleaning up messes every couple hours it might not be potty breaks every couple hours because the puppy is more potty trained by the time it's a year old but it's like holy cow exercise and holy cow impulse control and frustration tolerance and helping the dog learn to settle and like oh my god that perfect recall you had when they were four months old that's gone (laughs) um you know i think a lot of times people kind of forget when they're contemplating a puppy that that puppy is going to turn into a teenager um and even an adult dog to some degree i think i see that a little bit less um and one of the things that you were hitting on that i just kind of want to pull out a little bit is it sounds like when you're talking about lifestyle setups and you're asking okay who's getting up in the middle of the night who's cleaning up it's also kind of talking a little bit about some amount of emotional maturity and patience that's going to need to be present i know that's one of the things that personally i'm 
very nervous up with my my new puppy. I am not a patient person by nature. I think that's why I'm a dog trainer. Um, people often are like, oh my gosh, you must be so patient. You're a professional dog trainer. It's like, no, no, no. It's the opposite. I have very low tolerance for what I term annoying behaviors. <laughs> and that is why I'm a dog trainer. Um, you know, so like I know that one of the things I'm really trying to make sure I'm ready for before I bring home the puppy is being more flexible with my schedule and being able to sleep when I can or take naps when I can and being ready to jump up and help the puppy and not get frustrated when the puppy does something that I wasn't planning for or when I forget to leave the X pen open and then we've got puppy peeing or chewing or whatever on, you know, something where you know, it was my fault, but uh, like being ready for how frustrating that can be. Um, it's hard. It is. And one of the things where flexibility comes in and we don't think about when we're looking at that adorable little puppy is travel. Mm -hmm. You, you know, with a new puppy, a, a little tiny puppy, you can't take a half day and go kayaking or snow skiing because puppy doesn't mm -hmm. need to stay home for a half day by themselves. And then as the puppy gets older, you really have to have a good support group that you've kind of looked at in advance. Are you going to use a dog sitter that comes to your home? And if so, who do you know that's insured, maybe bonded, has some training that you trust to come into your home and take care of your puppy? And if it's an adolescent, it really needs somebody in several times a day. And I know in my local area, it's $40 a visit. So that mm -hmm. can add up really quickly. Or do you have a boarding facility that you really like and understand that they, the, the, places I recommend book up four months in advance for any holiday. And so wow. yeah. you have to be a good planner. And mm -hmm. one thing we haven't talked about, you touched on it a little bit, but responsibility. Mm -hmm. I have a huge number of people who come to me. We're looking for a puppy for our pick an age child. And, and it's really, this is not age specific. This is a very individual thing on whether or not a child's truly going to take on all the responsibility of a puppy. My daughter has a show puppy that she got because she shows. It's not my dog. It's her dog. Mm -hmm. And you would think as a dog trainer and a, quote, expert in behavior, we can laugh at that one, that I would have <laughs> picked a time when my daughter was absolutely going to take care of her puppy. I have on my back porch every winter now, I put a kiddie pool with horse pellets in it because it turns out my beloved daughter will never stand out in the rain or wind or cold long enough for her poor dog to go to bathroom, which leads to accidents in the house and challenges with potty training. Now, I never envisioned that. But, mm -hmm. you know, the people that often think they're going to care for the dog aren't always able. I had a client years ago call and really nice woman homeschooling three children. And she says, we're looking for a puppy. I was told you would help us find a good breeder. And we went through the lifestyle assessment. And I said, so who's going to train the dog? And she says, my husband is. And I says, tell me again, what hours he works. Well, he gets up at six and he leaves by seven and he's home at seven o'clock every night. So who's going to train the dog? My husband is. I says, let's try this again. And she says, oh my gosh, I have to train the dog. Don't I? Yeah, you're the one home with it all day. Yeah. And they chose not to get a puppy because it was really too much while homeschooling yeah. three children and two of them were under six years old. Can you even, yeah, that's a I ton. can't even imagine. Oh, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. Well, and I think the the travel is something I really wanted to bring up. Um, mm-hmm. Those of any of our listeners who have followed me for a while will know that I've traveled really extensively with my dog, Barley. Barley's been to, I think, nine countries now. Um, he's lived in the car with me for an 18 month long road trip. Um, and I actually chose not to get a puppy around this time. Last year, I was on the wait list for a puppy um, because of travel, um, because I currently I'm still at the age where most of my friends don't have kids so I can sleep on their couches. And <laughs> it's one thing to bring my really well-behaved adult dog with me for that. And another thing to bring a, 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 even two dogs. I think many of my friends would not be comfortable having me stay for free on their on their floor with two dogs and certainly not with a puppy or adolescent that wasn't as well trained as my adult dog. Um, so even if you already have a dog, just remember that it's going to be a lot harder um, with a second. Exactly. Um, and whether it's just because of, you know, more hair, more slobber, that's just like too much for, for your friend or because of, you know, training, behavior, developmental, normal things that hopefully will get better. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, time and money and, you know, whether or not there's ever a perfect time to bring home a puppy, how to deal with the fact that you can't control exactly when a wait list is going to open up all that. But first, we're going to talk about who supports our podcast. So this podcast is supported by Journey Dog Training and our puppy raising blueprint course. So if you're feeling lost with puppy raising, check out the course at journeydogtraining.com slash blueprint. And the full course covers everything from common problem behaviors and socialization to the humane hierarchy of dog training. And it's all taught by yours truly, Kayla Fratt. If you need more personalized training support, you can check out journeydogtraining.com where we have a variety of courses, eBooks, and remote training services available. This podcast is also supported by our members on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can support this podcast and get perks like submitting questions for us to tackle at the end of each episode. You can sign up over at patreon.com slash pandemic puppy. So let's talk about training. You know, there's the training that needs to happen at home, you know, where you're kind of constantly in puppy trainer mode. And I think that's the stuff that people, some people, well, maybe... I don't know. Maybe people tend to remember one or the other, where they remember about puppy kindergarten and puppy pre-K that they're going to take their puppy to once a week, but they forget about the at-home training. And then I think some other people, myself, I'm in this the second camp. I think a lot about the crate training and the walking and the potty training and the stuff I have to do from the day to day. And I completely forgot that I need to like clear my Thursdays and Sundays because that's when puppy kindergarten is going to be um, to take the puppy in for that. So what do you have to say about kind of the time and money associated with training? And especially given that it's an ongoing thing for most of us, puppy kindergarten is not going to cut it as far as a lifelong training for your dog. I think that's a really good point. Training is something that is really individual to the dog. And Mm -hmm. I have clients who go out and get you know, an amazing dog that requires very little and he just naturally slides into their lifestyle. And he's wonderful. And I'm working with one now. She had a a Labrador that was that way, that was quick and easy and just was an easy dog for them. And she's recently bought a new dog and he is every training challenge a puppy can be. And (sighs) it's, you know, it's where he's progressing. She's an amazing owner, but that happens. And a lot of times we forget, you know, I had years ago, I had a client and, um, they had adopted a dog that wasn't perfect 
And the young man kept saying, you know, well, I don't understand what the problem is because, you know, my dog's perfect and it's the dog that's sitting with us that's 14 years old. And there were some challenges in the conversation. I says, gosh, can we call your mom so I can find out what she did to create such a perfect dog? And who had, I mean, this dog followed him around town on his bicycle and he had all these amazing stories. And so we called his mom. (laughs) This was so funny. And I says, hey, you know, my name's Becca. I'm a dog trainer. I'm sitting here with your daughter-in-law and your son. And he's so impressed with, you know, how easy this dog was to train that you let him take away when he left home. And, you know, the dog's just naturally always been perfect. And she says, you idiot. You played soccer every weekend while I took that dog to class for two years. (laughs) And I laughed because that's the truth. That's what happens. Somebody always trains the dog. And there Mm -hmm. are some that are incredibly easy, but a lot of dogs need a lot of work. And so you have puppy classes, you have adolescence classes, you can do private training, you can do group training. The funny thing is when we do group training, group training is really designed to do some basic behaviors, sit, down, come in a group environment, but it doesn't mm-hmm. always address why your dog barks at people on the street, at the door, mm-hmm. at the door. why your mm-hmm. dog is chewing on your furniture at two years old, why he's digging craters in the backyard. And so not everything can be solved in a $200 for six weeks lessons group class. Sometimes you really do need to work mm-hmm. with somebody privately. And that is can be significantly more expensive. So yeah, absolutely. And I think there's so many amazing free resources out there. You know, we obviously, as we keep saying, are part of one with the pandemic puppy raising support group. Um, You know, there's Kegel Pup, there's Ian Dunbar has um, a free ebook on before and after you bring home your puppy. Fenzy Dog Sports has a free ebook on puppy raising for sport dogs. Uh, you know, there's just YouTube after YouTube after YouTube. Um, but you have to know how to find it. You have to know how to vet good information um, because there's for every ebook by Fenzy that's really good. Um, there's a dozen that are crap. Um, I work as a freelance writer. And so I know how they go about hiring people who write these sorts of blogs and find the people who write these free ebooks. Um, a lot of time, I mean, the reason that I have been so successful as a freelance writer is because I am one of the few freelance writers out there who actually knows what I'm talking about. I'm not just like someone who enjoys dogs and is then being paid to write advice for people who know even less than they do. Um, so you have to know how to find it. You know, have to know how to vet it. And then, I mean, the thing that I know I personally really struggle with is actually being able to get through it without more structure. Mm-hmm. You know, I choose to take my dog to an agility class rather than doing it at home because I need the accountability of showing up to class every week and training. Absolutely. Um, and I'm a professional and I still need that, you know? You know, I'm Even exactly I the same way. And I, I, mm-hmm. I think that we have to buy our dogs or adopt our dogs with reality. And mm-hmm. so often it's like, well, if I get a puppy, I'll start jogging. If you're not jogging, mm-hmm. <laughs> the puppy's not going to change mm-hmm. it for 90% of yeah. us. And so yeah. really going in realistically with realistic expectations of yourself, because it's really important. This is one of the most joyous and amazing relationships you're ever going to have. Your husband will talk back. Your children will talk back. 
your dog will say, I don't care that you forgot my dinner and fed me McDonald's last night. You're still the most amazing, incredible person in the world to me. So plan it and set it up for success and have some grace for yourself because you are going to mess up. Yeah. I hope so because otherwise I'm doing something really wrong. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, and I love the point that you made there about, um, I know this is something when I I used to work in sheltering and we would have people who come in and say, you know, I'm anxious and I'm overweight and I want a dog who's going to help me, um, you know, cure my depression and get me fit. And there are so many stories out there on the internet about that sort of thing (laughs) happening. And like, I don't know, I guess it can happen. I know I actually, I think I lost 20 pounds when I got barley, Um, but I was not happy losing those 20 pounds. Um, That was like miserable getting up at 4.45 in the morning and pounding the pavement for eight hours, or not eight hours, eight miles with him before I biked to work, walked eight miles while I was working at a shelter, biked home, took the dog out again, you know, yeah, I lost weight, but like, was I happy? (laughs) No. And I think Um, those stories are the romance novels of dogs. mm -hmm. You know, my husband, this is going to shock everybody. My husband doesn't look like Fabio and doesn't act like him either. (laughs) Right. You know, the the other thing I was going to say (laughs) is with Barley, you know, yes, he changed some of my habits, but I think it's a fallacy to kind of go in hoping that this dog is going to be your therapist and change your habits and be your personal trainer. Absolutely. What happened with Barley was I had been going to rock climbing and yoga and I had to transition to running because that worked for both of us better. And I actually was really unhappy about that switch. Um, I lost some friends or, you know, not even like lost friends where we don't talk anymore, but, you know, we used to meet up twice a week and go rock climbing together. And then all of a sudden I had this new dog and I couldn't, and I couldn't meet up with people at the bar after work for a happy hour. Um, and Barley wasn't even a little puppy, but I worked four 10 hour days a week. So, yep. you know, there was no way in heck that I was, even if I went home and took him out for a while, I couldn't leave again after being gone for 10 hours. Exactly. And I think that's um, just such an important point that you made. You have to fit your lifestyle to the puppy to some degree. Yeah. And it's, you know, Barley's an adult dog. It didn't change. You're not it, it, there's not just this magic period. If I get a puppy, it's going to last, you know, I'm going to have to work hard from zero to eight months or zero to 18 months. No, this is a life you're committed to forever. Mm-hmm. And you're always yeah. going to adjust how you do things. That's, yeah. that's it's yeah. just like having kids. It really and truly is. I can't take off. My husband and I, before we got married, I traveled all over the world. I had fun. I did what I wanted. My fun has changed. Now yeah. I don't show anymore at all. I didn't know it would be more fun to watch my daughter show than even competing at the world winner dog show. I would rather watch her show. That's more rewarding for me. Yeah. You could not have told me that at 25. And so you really have to make some serious decisions on what do you want your life to look like and what support system can you put into place so that you can make it all work with this amazing creature that you bring home. There's nothing better than getting a puppy at the right time. And the right time is when you have everything in place, you know, and that's, you know, just like you're doing now. 
Mm -hmm. One of the things that I always recommend people do, and I, I think that's more just kind of in general when someone says they're thinking about bringing home a dog, but I always suggest fostering first mm -hmm. because then you can try it out. There's this amazing system in place where you can bring home a dog for a period of time, see how it goes, see how it feels to not be able to do X, Y, Z, um, or to have to change your routine or whatever. Um, and then you can also get to feel, get a feel for what works and what doesn't work with your lifestyle. I had several foster dogs that I brought home thinking that they might be foster to adopt. And after a week or two of having them, you know, they weren't my dog. Um, yeah. And, you know, I know there are probably some listeners listening, thinking like, oh my God, I could never foster. I'd keep them all. Great. <laughs> if you take home a dog and you can't give it back to the shelter, then it's your dog. There's no harm in that, you know? Um, you know, don't turn into a hoarder, but... You know, I personally find that most of my friends who foster, myself included, I don't have a hard time giving back most of my fosters to the shelter. I might miss them and love them for themselves, but they were not my dog. And exactly. when I brought Barley home, I knew right away. He, I mean, within 24 hours, I, I knew that this dog was special. He was mine. Yep. Um, so, you know, let's kind of circle back, though. Like, is there actually ever really a perfect time to bring home a puppy? <laughs> I think there really is. Okay. I really do. I think that when the whole family sat down and had the conversations and all uh -huh. agreed that, you know, yeah, we want to do the work. This, this mm -hmm. is important enough to us to sacrifice for a little while until we get the dog able to travel with us or at an age where it can go to a nice boarding facility or, you know, mm -hmm. have somebody grandma come stay at the house with the dog if need be. We're willing to pick up all of our toys and not leave shoes under the coffee table so that the dog doesn't chew things we don't want it to chew. We're willing to set aside so many dollars every month for dog expenditures out of our daily budget. When we've, mm -hmm. you know, honestly had that conversation and then honestly, you all have to agree on what kind of dog. Um, mm -hmm. I love almost anything. There's, I'm definitely more of a working dog type person, but I, my husband's had so many dogs in and out of our house in the last 15 years as I foster and do board and train. He's never had an issue with barking, not once. And I brought home a beagle and we all went to bed and her, her first little half bay, he says, what the? And I says, oh, it's, it's Molly. Well, what is she doing? Well, she's a beagle. What do you mean? What is she doing? She's baying. Oh, and he laid down. And then about 10 minutes later, she started just, you know, a woo, woo, woo. and it just, he sat up and he says, I can't do this. <laughs> you have to all agree because yeah. you're all living with the dog. Now she was mm -hmm. a bed bug training dog and I could switch her out for a lovely Springer that didn't bay. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's the perfect time when everybody's in agreement and you know who's going to take on what responsibilities and your time and your finances are in place. That's the perfect time to adopt a dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things I'm hearing here is it's okay if it feels like there are some adjustments, but you have mm -hmm. to be willing to acknowledge and step up to those adjustments. So, Absolutely. you know, we'll, and we'll get into at the very end here, I think I want to wrap, like wrap by going through my thought process as I was deciding to bring home a puppy. Because um, I hope that's one of the benefits of this podcast is that I'm right in the trenches with you guys. Um, but there are things on my long-term horizon or uh, things that I'm thinking about bringing home this puppy where I'm like, ooh, that's going to be hard. But that doesn't mean it's not necessarily the right 
time. Is, does that kind of make sense? And we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But. Yeah, absolutely. And then one of the other things that I always want to bring up, um, particularly if you're thinking of getting a puppy from a breeder instead of a shelter, um, is it reasonable to start looking or getting on a wait list before you're 100% ready? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. the quality breeders, um, I have I have clients get on a list two years to a year before they're ready because mm-hmm. when you're breeding, a litter, a, a pregnancy might not take. Um, mm-hmm. We could have a litter of 12 or we could have a litter of two, which means you yeah. get pushed down the list. And so you never know really where you're going to be. I think that when you know that you're going to want a puppy and you're figuring everything out, but you're about 70% along the decision path, start looking at which breeders you want puppies from and get, get on a list because it's going to take you a year or two to get a puppy from most quality breeders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we were talking before we signed, before we started recording about this for, for me, I've been on the wait list for a given breeder for probably three years now. Um, and she breeds really infrequently. She's unfortunately had two pregnancies not take. Um, and I, the puppy that I'm bringing home is not from this breeder, um, which I'm bummed about. Hopefully I will get a, a puppy from this breeder one day. Um, but yeah, you, you do have to kind of start looking before you're ready. And, and then with, with shelter dogs, I think you have to be willing to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, we'll talk about when we're talking about selecting a shelter puppy. Um, but because most shelters, you can't just walk into a shelter and say, hi, I'm looking for a papillon. Uh, <laughs> I prefer female under, under four months, you know, like, honestly, no. I don't, I, there's probably three in the whole country right now in shelters, if that, um, and let alone if you've got color or temperament preferences. Um, so this is why people go to breeders. Um, and even if you're not being that picky, even if you're just like, you know, I think I want a lab puppy. Um, and you know, I prefer female, like you're gonna have to wait a long time. Mm-hmm. for a shelter and you're going to have to probably settle for a lab mix and that's okay you know there's nothing wrong with that um but if you're going with a shelter you know the flip side is you probably are going to have to wait for a while because um a lot of shelters just don't have a lot of puppies coming through all that often um and it's okay if you're not super picky you know um but do kind of know what you're getting into i mean i know when i worked at the shelter we'd get litters um one of our we most of the litters we got either came from transfers from other shelters out of state or they were bully mix puppies so you know mm-hmm. pit bulls or whatever and denver is a breed band city um so a lot of people just couldn't bring home a pit bull even if they wanted to um and then a lot of people you know not everyone is set up to take home a foxhound mix um <laughs> they're they're tough dogs everyone in denver wants an off-leash hiking companion and foxhounds are not easily set up for that doesn't mean you can't. So don't don't send me hate mail about it, but it's hard. And if you live in an apartment with shared walls, hounds can be tricky. <laughs> you know, we can go on and on. But I think, you know, just knowing that just because you're ready doesn't mean you have to bring a home a puppy right now. And just because you're not ready doesn't mean you can't start looking um, because the right dog will come up. And if you're close enough to the right time, like, yeah, maybe you haven't you know, I know I had, I set a couple savings goals for myself where I was like, I want to get my student loans down to X number and my savings account up to Y number 
when I chose the puppy that I'm bringing home, I had not hit those savings goals yet. Um, I actually have now, but that was kind of unexpected. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was kind of like, okay, we're ready enough mm -hmm. for this puppy. Um, so do you have anything to add? <laughs> I just kind of ranted for a while. There. That's okay. I think the other thing to remember is, you know, so often we, and this obviously our podcast is about puppies. The group is about puppies. But if you walk in and the breeder says, you know, I've got this lovely retired bitch and you've got toddlers that are three years old and she would love to go be, a, a, you know, the dog that listens to your kids read. Consider it. If you walk into mm -hmm. the shelter and they don't have a puppy, but they've, you know, that's eight weeks old, but they've got a six month old or a 10 month old and you just feel something with that dog. If there's a connection, mm -hmm. consider it. You know, Absolutely. you can be yeah. flexible. The neatest thing about this whole process is you get to drive it. You get to decide. Yeah. So take the time to make the right choice for your family. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go over a little bit of how I made this decision. Um, I, I don't know necessarily how helpful it'll be, but I do want to kind of inject my own yeah. thoughts. Um, so, you know, I'm single. I'm in my mid-20s. I live alone. Um and when I was applying to bring home this puppy, I was employed as a conservation detection dog trainer and handler. Um, I make okay money. You know, I work for a nonprofit, but I make enough for where I live. I'm in Missoula, Montana. Um, and I'm planning on starting grad school next fall. Um, and the other thing that I've been really thinking about is my current dog, Barley, is seven. Um, and I would like to bring home a puppy before he's 10. Um, because I'm either going to bring home a puppy before he's 10 or I'm going to bring home a puppy after he goes. I'm not really willing to bring home a puppy when he's in his older arthritic states, which, you know, he's a border collie. He might be perfectly fine and happy and healthy until he's 14, but I, I don't really want to push it and risk it with him. Um, so I was kind of looking at a time window here where if I want to bring home a puppy, doing it before grad school, um, is probably my best bet and doing it as long as possible before grad school so that I've got a year old dog when I go into grad school instead of a four month old dog. Um, and, you know, that's within my time window of Barley's age. So those are kind of the biggest factors I was looking at. Um, and then, you know, honestly, the pandemic helped a little bit. I'm home more and I travel less now than I normally am. So, my lifestyle right now is a little bit more conducive to puppy raising than it would have been this time last year, um, which I think is part of the upside of this kind of pandemic puppy boom is, you know, I, I think we all worry about people bringing home a dog that won't fit their lifestyle post pandemic. Um, I know I certainly do, but the flip side of that is puppyhood and early teenagerhood is really time intensive. So if you can knock that out during a pandemic because you're laid off or because you're home or, you know, whatever, that might allow you to bring home a dog that otherwise you might not have been able to survive those first eight months because you would have been working. Um, does that kind of make sense? It does. That? And I, you know, I have to say you brought up something that we didn't think of, but I absolutely love that you factored in your other dog and what's best for him. And 
you know, how he's going to be feeling at 10 and how he feels at seven and whether or not that's conducive to having a puppy. And that's something we didn't touch on too much, but you really have to factor in the other animals in your house. And Kayla's done a really good job of that. And literally everything we talked about and believe with planning and, and analyzing what's the best thing for you and your and a new puppy, you've done. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. us how I you mean, one of the things? Oh, yeah. Well, um, so yeah, I'm going with another Border Collie, um, most likely. Um, so at the time <laughs> of recording, I actually have not been like 100% confirmed for this puppy. So it is going to be fascinating if um, I end up not bringing home a puppy or whatever, and then we're just still stuck <laughs> in this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I currently have a Border Collie. Um, and I love how go, go, go they are. I love that they're intense about training. I love that they want to work. They want to be close to you. They're, they can be kind of pushy. They can also be kind of sensitive. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually like that I have a dog that if I get frustrated or lose my temper, he lets me know. He will go and hide under the bed if I sigh frustratedly a couple too many times during a training session. And I actually like that because it keeps me honest because as I said, I'm not the most patient person on the face of the planet. So I like having a dog that doesn't let me get away with that. Um, <laughs> and I I do, I, I work with conservation detection dogs. So I like really, really high drive working dogs. Mm -hmm. And I like dogs that are bred to go all day. I actually think um, my next dog after a Border Collie is going to be a field bred lab um, because they're actually even better suited for the line of work that I want. Although personality wise, I prefer Border Collies. I like the sensitive, I like the that like neediness almost. <laughs> um, and the breeder that I found, we will talk about how I chose her um, later, but um, it honestly ended up being a personal connection as kind of a teaser. Um, I just got lucky to some degree, which is not replicable for people. So we will talk about how I went about other things and how you can, you can do something um, that is, uh, how you can find your breeder in a way that's more replicable and useful for you. Because me saying like, well, it was a friend of a friend doesn't help you find a breeder. Exactly. So as I said, over the next couple of episodes, we're gonna cover deciding between a shelter and a breeder, how to pick a puppy once you've decided where to go um, and all sorts of stuff. We've got a ton of episodes planned and lined up for you guys. And um, you know, I'm really excited to cover puppy sourcing because not all puppy sources and not all puppies are created equal um, at all. Um, so make sure that you tune in. Becca, in the meantime, where can people find you online? I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, Wintegrity Canine. And that is the best place to find me. I, I'm a archaic person who does not have a website. <laughs> That's okay. But I have a question. We'll forgive you. I, I yeah. want to start a challenge, but maybe it's Ooh. already done and I just don't know. What is this puppy going to be named? And where oh. can we find information on that? <laughs> yeah. So my current top name, I have a list of like six. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but my current top name is Niffler. Um, okay. So for Harry Potter readers, a Niffler is a creature that shows up in the fourth Harry Potter. Um, they're little search critters that collect gold um, and they're just adorable. And I thought for a search dog and I'm rereading the Harry Potter series for the hundredth time right now. Um, it just fit. Um, although the other names on the list are, I really like Nimbus and Cirrus. They're both cloud names. Um, <laughs> I really, really like the name Breezy, but I think that's a girl dog name. And the puppy that I'm eyeing right now is a male. Okay. Um, I really like Minnow as well. Um, 
but I think that might be a girl as well. It's just kind of feeling like a girl to me. Um, and then Pharaoh. Um, so Barley's name named after a grain and Pharaoh is a grain. I also like that it's got a couple different double entendres where it could also be a king. Right. Um, it also could be Pharaoh like metal. Um, like iron okay um, so i've got a bunch of different names but right now niffler is feeling good all right so let's um you know what would be awesome is if you did a post on the pandemic page Ooh. and let's find out where people got their puppy names i love that yeah so check so it out sure caleb will post it and let's find out where you guys came up with your names because i always think that's incredibly fun it's such a personal thing yeah, it really is. And I honestly don't even remember where half of the names I've had this list on my phone for, I mean, I kid you not five years. Oh my gosh. Um, that's these, awesome. Some of these names are names that I considered for barley. Um, <laughs> so I don't even remember where half of them came from, but yeah, yeah. I love that. So make sure that you guys um, head on over to the pandemic puppy raising support Facebook group to chime in on that post. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. Um, make sure you guys subscribe, review, and consider supporting the podcast and getting even more amazing engagement and information from us by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash pandemic puppy. You guys can also sign up for the puppy raising blueprint course over at journeydogtraining.com. Again, I'm Kayla Fratt. That's Becca Hintz. And we are the admins of the Pandemic Puppy Raising Support Facebook group. We will talk to you guys next time. Have a great puppy week. Yay! <laughs>